welcome to episode 1 of notes to self a little bit of a rabbit hole extension to the small talk with raincraft podcast first i'd like to thank you for tuning in today and for believing in small talk we started the podcast as a way to document our own experiences in the world of work and the notes to self extension is simply another way to do so but as individuals at raincraft diverse thinking and respect for this diversity has taken us places so notes to self will continue to be a segment for independent voices to be heard and for us to share perspectives from our work and life and also to share so many of the interesting things we stumble upon as we look to be curious and learning always speaking of diversity I'd like to dedicate the first episode to the concept of diversity itself and what it really means. Now when we use the word diversity, especially in the corporate space, we're often thinking of gender diversity, racial diversity, cultural diversity, very clear demographics. While these parameters help us make some progress, what really caught my attention is the concept of cognitive diversity. and it is so so important for anyone who's building any sort of team as the name suggests cognitive diversity is at a more cerebral level it pays attention to how many different ideas are brought to the table and the experiences nuances and biases even that shape these ideas so how did i go down this particular rabbit hole well i was listening to an episode of tim ferris as always and this was with daniel ek the founder of spotify and he happened to recommend the books by matthew sayed so who's matthew sayed i asked myself and that took me to a really really interesting career journey matthew sayed is an olympian he's a commonwealth gold medalist and he was the number 1 table tennis champion for britain for over 10 years after that he started writing for the bbc as a journalist and now he's an author with books like black box thinking and rebel ideas the power of diverse thinking this was enough to get me interested in what he has to say and that led me to the concept of cognitive bias aka the mistakes we make without even realizing we're making them the example that really stands out and one he likes to talk about often is how we don't see the full truth sometimes And the example is really about how the CIA missed 9/11. The author argues that the entire team at the CIA was white, male, from the West Coast, and Protestant. Their demographic aspects and cultural elements had prepped them to see several threats, but not all. When Osama bin Laden released his propaganda videos from a cave in Afghanistan, they dismissed him as a primitive threat. how can someone sitting in a cave beat the country that has the world's best communication systems they thought in doing so they missed perhaps what the entire islamic world saw and an agent with the same religious affiliation or someone well versed with the quran might have seen that bin laden was making a statement by ousting himself from society by placing himself in exile and also sitting in a cave just as prophet muhammad had at the dawn of islam when he had a vision of god in positioning himself thus he served as a beacon of hope for many who were disillusioned with the ways of the existing world order and he earned their loyalty 
Now, how many of these information bubbles do we inhabit every day, right? The social media algorithms make sure that we find our friends for sure. We find people we went to college together with, we went to school together with, and hence we've already created a bubble of sorts of people with very, very similar thought processes who've been taught the same things, who've undergone the same kind of education. And then further, the algorithm makes sure that you see what they want you to see. So how many times are our decisions made on consensus rather than differences? Where are those situations when you'd like to have the best set of people doing the job, but also keeping in mind that they need to be different and not the same? Perhaps in jobs where skill is the only differentiator, we could hope to get away with hiring top talent from the top business schools and Ivy League colleges and IITs. But can we afford to do the same thing for roles that are more complex? Think about a place like NASA. If you want the five best engineers, do you really have to look for diversity or is it purely their skill set that's important? Many consulting firms, large and small, hire for skill. And so they look at the top 1% of graduating classes at the top universities. But privilege, economic backing, and even opportunities in early life determine who makes it to that college in the first place and further thins out who makes it to the top. And many of us have taken advantage of such filters. Imagine the solutions that could come from a more cognitively diverse group of consultants. Think of the possibilities of having in the same room two different experts on economic policy, say one from a third world country and another from a developed one, one who follows one framework and one who is vehemently against it. Imagine how much richer the boardrooms would be where healthy dissent and multiple viewpoints are not just shared, but encouraged. In an increasingly complex world, where decisions can't be made on data alone, is cognitive diversity even optional anymore? I'd really love to hear your thoughts and you can share them as a voice note. Just go to speakpipe.com that's S-P-E-A-K-P-I-P-E dot com slash raincraft and drop me a voice note. If you'd love to explore Matthew Syed's work and some podcast links, all of them are in the episode description. Do share resources that you think we would find interesting and your ideas, experiences, and challenges with working through cognitive diversity. Have you thought about building your team around this concept? Has it worked for you? What are the challenges you face? Until next time, thanks for tuning in.